Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I'm Michelle Maros, your co-host, and I'm here with my very Nancy Myers movie-looking <laughs> mom, Peaceful Barb. You look like you came out of like something's got to give or something like Coastal Grandma. Isn't that like the new I don't know Instagram trend? <laughs> Is but that you're, what? You're looking very fresh today, mother. Thank you. With my white uh, button-down, crisp and clean blouse and, and my my jeans. <laughs> Thank you. Someone put her in a movie. Oh my goodness. No. Hi everyone. I'm <laughs> I'm always so happy to be here. This is my favorite favorite time of the week when we sit across the table from each other recording <sighs> the next episode of our podcast. So it's truly a joy. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here with everyone listening and just grateful, you know, to Talking be talking about life. Mm-hmm. Having fun. And spending time with you. What could be better? I know. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I'm Great. doing very well. Great. We love to hear it. I um, It's funny the, how life is because we had decided of the, what we wanted to talk about today and, um, and then got in the car <laughs> to come over here and life presents so many interesting situations that often mirror <laughs> the topic that we're about to embark upon and we got stuck in some some major construction our our whole town is just like constantly under construction and this poor truck was trying to back into a construction zone and it was like it was like you know when you're watching someone parallel park and they just can't get the angle and so they keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and you can just tell that they're like about to explode and then they're holding up traffic. Well, that was, that was what we just experienced with the construction truck. Yeah. Life will always, life is, will never be short of opportunities for us to learn and grow and thrive. Yep. So this was a perfect opportunity before we head off to uh, record this episode. Yeah. So I said that, you know, this was kind of a perfect thing because when we were sitting there watching this truck, you know, it was like an opportunity, you know, we were feeling pressured for time, you know, we had to get here to to record, but it's, you know, in those moments where you start to like write stories of like, oh, this is so crazy. Why is this person doing this? Why is he like this? You know, why are they doing construction? Don't they know people have places to go? And, and with that being said, we wanted to talk about in this week's episode, this habit that we find that is is draining of our energy and like a zapper of our creativity and our mental space and, and really a multiplier of our stress. And that is that we write stories about things all the time. Yeah. You, I think you even said when we were talking about this, 
um, this is the number one, uh, the number one um, issue that a habit that drains our energy. Yeah, the number one habit. And if we could actually start to become aware and notice how pervasive it is, and and how it makes our lives so totally unmanageable. Um, and then to realize once we kind of get that awareness that we have complete control over the situation of the mind, not the situation necessarily that's happening in the outside world, because as we all know, we have no control out there. Um, our power and our control lies in how we respond. So I think this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm really, um, I just think this is going to be a really fun, fun episode. We've recorded some really deep Fabulous. Yeah, our friend was like, can you record something a little more lighthearted for this week? <laughs> sure. He said, I want to take a shower and listen to your podcast episode, and I just want to be happy. So this one's going to be fun, um, and I think it'll be very powerful. I love, I mean, I love life. I love the experiences that we have in life because they are always teaching us and we're learning, even though they can be very um, difficult and we can suffer and we do all the things, um, the gamut of emotions, but I really love coming out the other side, recognizing that they give us all these experiences, give us everything that we need to live the greatest life that we're here to do. So I think this one is very, very, very powerful. Um, and we'll add a little bit of, uh, fun as well. We love fun. So, so what's interesting is when I, when we were talking about this topic before coming to record and and me thinking about it in my own life and, and why, what even led me to say like the number one habit that drains energy. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement, but I know for me, when I can notice how much time and effort and energy I spend into writing stories about things in my life that are going on and, and, what I'm making it mean and how I'm letting it impact my, my mind and my emotions and my mental state. It's huge. And there's always instances and situations in our lives that are being presented to us that lead us into this storytelling mentality. And I just, I don't know, for me personally, this is, this is huge. And I, I've been feeling this a lot lately within my own life of writing stories and just how much it impacts me and my mood and just how I view the world. And so maybe some of you might feel the same way. So I'm just excited to talk about it um, and just have a conversation about what this is. Like, what does it mean to, to write stories and like, what does it look like in our lives and how does it play out and why do we do it? And then of course, how can we, you know, start to counteract it or try and stop it as best we can. Yeah, and make the changes necessary. So when we when we say writing stories, I think it's important to just kind of drill down on that just for a second. Just say, basically, what we're talking about is um, allowing the mind to think thoughts, constant thoughts, like one thought after the other. And when we when we start to um, get into situations, especially when we get into situations that we're not understanding what's going on or we're not understanding what we're feeling, the mind goes into overdrive. So really this whole episode is going to be about how can we, how can we recognize that the mind, we allow the mind to do whatever it wants. We allow the mind to just think and and go on random tangents and go on random rants or whatever it wants to do. So the mind, you know, we've talked about this, that research has shown, you know, that the mind thinks over 70,000 thoughts a day 
with um, like more than half of those thoughts. Like I think it's almost 85% of those thoughts are negative. And then almost 95% of those negative thoughts are repetitive. So it's no wonder you, you coined this idea of the mind being allowed to write stories all the time as the number one habit for draining our energy. Well, it's so interesting because thinking about areas in my life where I write stories, it's almost in every single aspect. So it's within my own personal relationships. It's with when I'm driving. It's when I'm in the grocery store. It's it's all the time. Yeah, it's all the time, but it's you. it takes up so much because it's never just, oh, that person cut me off in traffic. Have a great day. It's, oh, that person cut me off in traffic. They're such a jerk. They don't care about anybody but themselves. You know, blah, blah, blah. Or even with my own personal friend, you know, I, for me, the biggest um, area in my life where this shows up is with my friends and, and my relationships is, and you know, this is something of course that I work on cause we're not perfect, but I tend to write stories about, you know, friends like, Oh, um, that friend didn't, they had a different tone when they wrote back to me in that text. That must mean that, that I've done something that they're mad at me and they, they hate me and they don't want to be my friend anymore. And, and you know, the whole trail that that leads Um, Or even, you know, with social media, um, I think that provides a whole other realm of storytelling for our lives that, you know, we didn't used to have years and years ago of just how people interact online and, and, and the stories that we can write there. But it's really pervasive because it, it starts. And then if you don't stop it, the next thing you know, it'll be two days later and you'll be thinking that, oh, this friend doesn't want to be my friend anymore because they said this thing to me and it sounded more curt than it usually is. And, and now they're mad at me, you know? So it's just wild to, for me to see all of the areas in my life and just how much, how much time and and mental energy it takes up and, and how much emotional turmoil, because the thing is writing stories, especially about your own personal relationships. And if you think that that someone's mad at you, like it affects you. It makes, it made me sad when I let myself get into that hole of, you know, thinking that my friend didn't like me anymore because of something that wasn't even real, but I wrote a story about it in my mind. And the thing is our minds are so creative for better or for worse in this instance that my, I let my mind write such a story about this situation. So elaborate, so creative that I believed it ultimately. And I got, I got all the way down the road to the place where I believed it to be true. I couldn't see any other way that it wasn't true. And that I had to then start to, I I got so far down the road that I started to, you know, like, okay, well, if this is really true, I have to let this go. And maybe. So you start to spiritual bypass it. Kind of. No, I started to mourn the fact that this person didn't want to be friends with me anymore. That's what I mean. And it's okay. Friends are here for a reason and a season and all that. No. So you just kind of, no, okay. <laughs> no, not in this instance. Oh, I'm okay. saying it, it was so true that I, I made myself feel like I had to mourn oh. something because that they weren't, or if I, or do I have to say something to like, just, yeah. I believed it. You believe the story. You, you create and you write such creative stories with so many things that are not even true that you believe it. And you, my whole point of that is just the amount of emotional and mental turmoil that I put myself through and that we put ourselves through based on stories that we write in our minds about things that we have 
no idea about and that aren't based in reality or truth is is just it really blew my mind because I could witness it. But I also was so far down that rabbit hole. It was really hard for me to get out of it. And my point is just that was a week of my life where I was stuck in that Mm -hmm. cycle and in that story. And just how wild is that, that we let that happen? Yeah. It's such a great example, Michelle, because I think where where I would love to start with this episode is just coming off of your example that writing stories, the way we tell all these thoughts, allowing all of our thoughts to go and go and go, um, is how we create the world that we live in. I mean, when you think about, I don't think the unconscious mind can differentiate between a true story or an untrue story that we tell ourselves, which is what you just said. You, yeah. you believed what, what the mind was telling you. And then you went down that rabbit hole and you couldn't drag yourself back out of it. You had to wait for it to run its course, um, even though you were witnessing it. And that's, it's so profound because I think it's why we limit ourselves in our lives. I think it's because it is draining our energy, but I also think it's, we're believing so many things that are not true. And so it blocks our creativity. It blocks how we live our life how our, how we live our lives and we're showing up in the world, not in the way in the fullness of how we really want to show up. So I think today's episode for, for me is, is I'm so excited about it. And so, as you can see, I get really amped up because I love talking with all of you. And I, I mean, these are the conversations Michelle and I have all the time. So today's episode really is about letting you know that we have the freedom, we have the power to change the stories that we tell ourselves, to actually understand it. And so then if we can do that, and when we do that, we change how we show up in our lives. We change how we show up in our world. And so I think you you really said it beautifully, Michelle, when you use the word emotion, because this is what I've noticed in my life, that first of all, when I was in treatment almost 40 years ago now, I heard one of the teachers said this most profound thing about negative thinking, about the mind and all the things. This is 40 years ago. And he said, when the mind is thinking negative thoughts, he said, a negative thought will always split into another thought, into another thought. So you got one thought, then you got two thoughts, and you got four thoughts, then you got eight thoughts, then you got 16 thoughts. So a negative splits into a negative, splits into a negative, and goes on and on and on. So if we think about that, of course it drains our energy. Of course it does all of that. And it puts us in a mood of how we're living our lives. And so when I heard that, and he said that positive thoughts don't do that. You know, positive thoughts, I can walk in the door today, like I usually do, and say, hi, Michelle. Um, How are you feeling today? You look really beautiful today. You look really (laughs) cheery or whatever it is. It's always something positive, but then that's it. My mind moves on to the next thing. It is interesting that positive thoughts are so slippery and negative ones are so stuck. Because the positive, I mean, it's so interesting. So I think it's that for me, as we talk about this today, um, I think it's about this idea of how can we understand that we are creating the life that we're living And that the stories that we tell ourselves, which generally are about other people or external things, the world or the happenings, the experiences that we're having, they massively impact our mood and our feelings. And so if we can really just get that, that little nugget, as you use that word out of this episode, it will be powerful and massive. So to go back to where I think I start in all of this, it's always about not wanting to feel, not, not being in touch with and not understanding and not wanting to feel whatever it is I'm feeling. Because I believe the body 
knows everything first. The body gives us the sign first. The body never lies, which we've talked about in other episodes. And the body gives us the cue first. So usually when I'm about to write a story, which is what happened today when we were coming here with all the construction, I got nervous. I got anxious. We're going to be late. Time demon. We're not going to be able to, this is going to, this is, so my bot, my body immediately got anxious. I could, my heart was beating a little bit faster than usual. And so I got anxious. So the body never lies. So instead of writing a story, why are they doing this? They're so inconsiderate. If I would pause, if we would just all pause and feel the feeling. And so in that moment, I asked myself, Barb, what is happening right now? And I, my answer was, you're feeling anxious that we're going to be late and this is not okay. And so the minute you start to identify what's happening for you the moment and feel the emotion, it's, it dissipates. And so research has studied emotions a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, of course. Scientists have been talking about emotions forever. And so emotions want to be felt. They don't want to be denied. They don't want to be pushed down. They don't. There, there are more than 500 words that describe the emotions that we have in the English language. And so I bet we could only name probably five or six. I mean, we we're so used to the common ones. But then they go on in this research that over half, over 50% of the emotions that we have that we can name and that, that are out there of the 500 are negative, 20% are neutral, and only 30% are positive. Hmm. So language off the bat has a bias toward negative emotions. And I believe that our minds do too. Well, certainly. I mean, yeah. So left to our own devices, the mind will always focus on the negative. And as you just, with your beautiful example, Michelle, went down the rabbit hole and a whole week long rabbit hole, which is what I love about your story. Like this hijacked your, your emotions and your, your life and your mood for a whole week. And there's nothing wrong with negative emotions. We're not, I'm not trying to label anything wrong. I'm just saying the problem is with negative emotions, we tend to ruminate on them and we overthink them as you just described. And so if we want to shift in that moment, I was getting anxious in the car. If I wanted to shift from anxious survival mode to a more strong, peaceful, happy, grounded, true life, I have to be able to recognize what I'm feeling in the moment and not allow the mind to hijack uh, the moment, to hijack the opportunity that I have and go down that negative rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So I just want to end with this little piece that the good news is, because I love research. I've become such a nerd in this kind of stuff. So the good you news is- You look very scientific today, so oh, Maybe that's why I'm wearing this, this white blouse. But So the good news is the word emotion comes from the Latin root, emovere, which means to move out. So what I have done in my practice for so long now recently, and especially as you said, Michelle, when we- and we start to really become aware, wow, I'm in this trap of allowing the mind to go down its own negative thinking pattern or habit. I just remember, Barbara, you are the boss of your life and you are the boss of your own mind. You have 100% control over what you will allow, not what will come into the mind, but what you will allow to be true or what you will allow to occupy space. So I bring up emotions because for me, it has been the key. When I can honor what I'm feeling and stop the mind from thinking for that second and say, Barbara, what are you feeling in this moment? So I'm, what I'm doing is deepening my awareness of what my mind is doing and where it goes. And if I can find these small opportunities to redirect, to intercept, 
the mind from going down that negative path with feeling my feelings and acknowledging it and not trying to hide it and not trying, trying to pretend like it's not there. It changes everything, it changes my mood, changes my outcome. It changes how I show up in the world. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, I know we've talked about this in a past episode, but, you know, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor did that study um, about feelings and that if you let them, if you let yourself feel the feeling when it arises without engaging it or, you know, letting those thoughts multiply, you can process an emotion and a feeling in what? She says 90, 90 seconds. 90 seconds. She said it takes 90 seconds. You know, Jill Bolte-Taylor is, if, if, you, if you're not familiar, she's the 30, she, she was a, she is a neuroanatomist uh, scientist. And at 37 years old, she suffered a massive stroke that no one thought that she could ever fully recover from. And it took her eight years um, to, to fully, fully recover. And what she discovered in her research on her own recovery and, and what exactly happened to her, and she discovered this, that, that emotions arise in the body. When they arise in the body, uh, there is a 90-second chemical process that happens. And so for 90 seconds, she says, you can actually watch the emotion and feel it before the chemicals flush out of the body. So she goes on to say, if you continue to feel the fear or the anger, which is fueled by the thoughts in the mind and so on, you need to look at the thoughts that you are thinking that are re-stimulating this physiological response. And so it's been everything for me and for my life. I just look at how true that is. And I think this is such a genius piece of research that this master, Jill Bolte-Taylor, discovered mm-hmm. no, after really having is. suffered a 30 at 37 years old, this massive stroke. So I, I think, um, I truly want to help all of you understand so completely that how you feel matters and don't allow yourself to repress your feelings and your emotions because all emotions want to be felt and acknowledged. And if you allow yourself to feel them without judging them, without writing a story about it or without holding on to them, they actually can move through you. And I think the perfect example of this, and Michelle, you're going to smile big with this one. I can't wait. (laughs) The perfect example of this is, I would imagine most of you listening to this episode have been um, around a toddler. (laughs) You know, like maybe a a four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old. I mean, you know, in that age. Eight is not a toddler. <laughs> well, I, I I guess I'm thinking eight about... Eight is like a legit kid. Yeah, okay. So maybe I'm not thinking... The, you know, the innocence. The innocence so of a, a young, child. A young child. Okay. <laughs> the innocence of a young child. So we all know that the innocence that, that is expressed in a young child is so refreshing and there's no filter and there's no blocking and, and they have big emotions, Right. I mean, they 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 feel everything. They feel all the feelings and they have big emotions. So when Michelle was about seven, I got I maybe like six, seven, eight, somewhere in that category, 
Anywhere between two to ten, basically. Well, no, no, a little bit older than that. But anyway, when Michelle was about seven, let's just say that um, when she would get frustrated, um, and I would go up and say, "Michelle, what's? Come on, come on, honey, we got to go." Or what's happening for you? Or what's going on? Her favorite comeback was she would look at me and she'd say, "You are not the boss of me." <laughs> and I remember it's so funny because I remember I would laugh because I just thought that was so cute. And what I got from that is like, she's, she's working through her feelings right now. I'm, I'm having this tantrum or I'm having this episode. I'm working through my feelings right now. You're not the boss of me. Basically, let me just be and I'll be fine. So I'm hoping like equate that with what we just talked about with Jill Bolte Taylor and the research as adults, what we do. And so I would just like to say, whenever you're feeling, um, or whenever your mind starts to Write stories is, is if you can, in the moment, um, nip it in the bud with just pausing, taking that pause. Wait a minute. Stop, Barb. What are you feeling right now? What is happening for you in this moment? Um, and be aware of how you're feeling moment to moment. Because I, I, I'll, I'll share one more thing with you. The simple <laughs> act of just noting your emotions, which we've talked about before, can help lighten their weight. And I love this quote by um, Dr. Dan Siegel. You can tell she loves a, a topic when she just cannot. I stop just can't talking. stop talking. No. Well, I think because it's it's so you you laid the groundwork, Michelle. Because it's it's up for all of us because we all do it. Like we do it without even knowing it. We we do it so we can do it in our sleep. Like we don't even know it. It's this like automatic response. There's no there's no filter. There's no bridge. There's no gate. There's no nothing. It's just like automatic. So, Dr. Dan Siegel says, name it to tame it. So if we can actually name our emotion, I believe that we are, that is the first um, gateway to stop the mind from writing a negative story. Well, and speaking of my childhood, you did have this little felt thing Mm -hmm. that was hanging on my wall as a kid that Mm -hmm. was like, what are you feeling today? And it was like probably 12 emotions with little felt faces on Velcro that I could pick and put in the center to name it. To tame it. Yeah. And to be in touch with your emotions. Yep. So I'd ask everyone Mom right of now, the year. you know, maybe let's just take a little pause, Michelle, just for, you know, a nanosecond and just <clears> ask <throat> yourself, take a deep breath while you're listening to this. Just take a deep breath. Or if you're driving, you know, just, just bring your attention to what you're feeling and name it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling anxious or whatever it is. It's so incredibly powerful. It is powerful. Love it. Well, because we can never change anything that we're not aware of. And so when we suppress emotions, they tend to come out sideways. And so, for example, in the tone of our voices or in more extreme cases, which we're seeing so often these days, road rage. Mm -hmm. And I think what gives me comfort as I began this process and feeling my feelings and being okay to sit with my feelings, knowing that when I feel them, they have the opportunity to come and go. Um, no matter what I'm feeling, it will change, you know? Right. No that, feeling is final. Right. Uh, yeah. My leak says that no feeling is final. So that's when you start to, those are the things to start to believe in and to trust. No feeling is final. Feelings come and go. Trust that it will change. Emotions are fleeting and they stay around only long enough to either teach us what we need in this moment 
or if we're fueling them with a bunch of thoughts, they're going to hang around for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Actually, the No Feeling is Final is by your favorite author. My leak. No? Uh, Rilke. Oh, and I think my leak uses it. Beauty and terror, just keep going. No wow. feeling is final. Wow, beautiful. I love it. I love it too. Um, so you just said a lot of things. And I kind of want to rewind a little bit just because, or not rewind, but I loved that you talked about the emotions that come up that lead us into that storytelling mode. And if we just stopped to feel the feeling, we we could potentially halt that need to even write a story. But what's interesting for me is just thinking about the brain and the mind and, and why it even does what it does with stories as, you know, it's like, it's so interesting to me that we're never going to know the full truth about someone else or something else or a situation, big and small, you know, from a traffic incident to, you know, what your best friend is thinking in any given moment in time or whatever. And so it's like our minds try to fill in those gaps with its own like creative theories. Like, oh, that person cut me off because clearly they don't care about other people. You know, they must be really selfish. What a narcissist, you know, or, you know, like I said, you know, my friend wrote back and actually an interesting, um, an interesting example of this is one of my best friends for years, like we would be texting and he would always text back and it, it always seemed very curt, like, Hey, I'll see you soon. And he would just thumbs up it or great. See you soon with just like very correct grammar and punctuation. And in my mind, I wrote the story like, Oh, he must not really be excited to see me or does he really even want to meet me? Or is, is he mad at me or does he not really like me? Cause he doesn't seem really excited about, about this plan or doesn't really seem too thrilled to be talking to me. And for, I would say like a couple years of our relationship, I was like, huh, it's interesting. And then finally, somehow the topic got brought up and I was like, or I think I said it like, is something wrong you didn't your text was seemed very short and like you weren't very excited about whatever we were doing he was like oh no that's just how I text I'm not a very um my text I, I always just use like a, a period and correct grammar and I, I'm not very expressive in my texts like it's not a personal thing it's not it doesn't have any reflection of how I'm feeling it's just that's how I text yeah and I was like amazing right you know and that was years yeah and now if if he sends me a text that's just like a thumbs up or got it or cool I'm like my mind will first go up and then I'm like no that's just how it is and I also have to trust that you know if he is upset about something or doesn't want to do something or whatever he'll communicate that to me but you know it's stuff like that that our minds will tell this whole story based on you know, because it's a gap in our information. We have this information that like we think is happening, but we don't really know the truth. So what does our mind fill in the blanks with? And usually, I mean, I guess it's possible that we could write positive, happy stories, like whatever. But 
Usually we write negative stories like this person doesn't like me, really like me or doesn't really want to be with me or, you know, it's just so interesting that our minds are inclined to write those negative stories. And I, I've just found for me lately with my own personal relationships, and especially since so much of our lives over these past couple of years in the pandemic have been, um, you know, virtual, we haven't really been together much. And most of our communication has been via a camera or via, you know, social text. media or via text. <clears throat> it's sometimes hard to sense a tone. And if you can't, really grasp someone's tone with their energy with being with them um and you think that something's off you write that story and then it, it just spirals so I just think that it's interesting to note what happens to us when we're put into that storytelling phase of like our our minds are trying to fill the gap and also remembering that we can never really know what's true for someone else, you know, because we're only knowing and living our life through our own lens, through our own experiences, and everyone else is doing the same. And so, you know, I can't know what's going on in your mind all the time and think about that with everybody else. So I just found that that thinking about it in that way was really, really interesting and helpful for me to kind of be like, why do and and also something to reflect on why does my mind immediately go to that place you know with relationships of the negative of oh they must not like me it's all just really interesting information on ourselves we're scientists and life is a, our experiment yeah i think too michelle just to extend that because obviously relationships are huge and that's such a major part of everything that we do in our lives and we'll do a deep dive into that on an episode but i also would like to extend it into life like we also write the negative bad stories about life. Oh, life doesn't of course. life doesn't support me. Look what just happened to me. Why do why do bad things happen to good people? This doesn't happen to my neighbor or all the things. And I think it's very interesting just to really get it that the mind doesn't stop thinking. I mean, that is what the mind is here to do to think. And our job is to be the gatekeeper, actually. Be the gatekeeper of the thoughts in the mind. We cannot stop our mind from thinking uh, unless you take up a meditation practice and then you can you can assume that stance of least resistance and eventually the mind calms down and you find those spaces in your space meditation. in between. Right. You find the space in between where the mind is quiet for that period of time. But in general, th this, is, this is a rule that the mind doesn't stop thinking. The mind is here to think and be creative and do all the great things that we need for it to do. And our job is to be the gatekeeper. Our job is to be like, think of yourself on a, I love this analogy. Think of yourself working in a factory. <laughs> and so you're in a conveyor belt and you're the one that's responsible for taking out the rejects that aren't okay to sell. And so you stand at that conveyor belt line and you're the person in charge of taking all the rejects out that aren't, that aren't, that aren't of quality that, that can be sold. And Think about that now as you being the scientist of your own life and think about you being on the, on the conveyor belt line, taking out all the rejects, all the thoughts in the mind that are not true. Did you just come up with that? I've never heard you use that analogy before. Hmm. Yeah, I just, it's, I'm always looking for ways to help me understand it better because we say this, we share our experiences on this podcast. So it, I'm trying to find ways to help me understand it better. And that's the best way for me to think about it, that I'm the one responsible over what thoughts I will believe that are true 
And if research has shown, which I already know my own experience has shown, that most of the thoughts I think are negative, more than most, and that, that 80, 90% of them are repetitive, that I'm thinking them over and over and over and over again. So we have to find ways to get it. And we have to find ways to understand that we need to give ourselves permission to be with our, our anxious heart beating or to be with the anxious thoughts or to be with the anxious things and don't write a story about them. Try not to explain them, but just be with the feelings of the anxiety that the thoughts are producing instead of you trying to figure it out in your mind because you can never really figure things out in your mind until you get it into the heart first. That is my wisdom on that because what we try to get rid of until we understand something and what we're feeling in the heart at the root of it, because sometimes when I'm writing a story, you're talking about relationships. A lot of times I'm writing a story about comparison. Mm -hmm. I'm writing a story that I'm not good enough. I'm writing a story about why did that person um, get something that I didn't get or unfairness or life is life is just not all those things. I'm writing all these negative things that there must be something wrong with me at the end of the day must be something wrong with me. So instead of trying to push these, push the thoughts, instead of trying to push the thoughts down or push the feelings down, instead of trying to get rid of these feelings and just let the thoughts run amok, basically, because we all know what we resist persists. Um, the more you try to fight and reject your feelings of anxiety or lack of self-worth or whatever it is, the more it claims your energy and attention. And so that's the thing. The negative splits the negative splits the negative splits the negative. So I think instead of resisting or oppressing our negative emotions or whatever is happening in the moment, if we can just be with them, then our, our, our opportunities and our consciousness and the world opens up in front of us and we can actually start to see clearly what we need to do next and what we need to do to take care of ourselves in the state of the anxiety that we might be feeling. Yeah. And I think, you know, feeling the feeling and acknowledging the feeling, but then also just like taking a beat before you start into the storytelling of asking yourself, is this really true? How do I know that this is true? Yeah. What, mm -hmm. what I'm about to write, you know, how, how do I know? What are the, what are the facts behind this? So what you're saying is how do we get, how do we well, become so aware that we, we get the first hit of, we're writing a story about a friend, let's say, or we're writing a story about life. We get the first hit that we're writing the story, and then we immediately say, wait a minute. Yeah, it's that Barb, you know, how do between I know stimulus this? and response exactly. is the space, the Viktor Frankl quote that we've, I think, said on like every other episode. Because it's so powerful. But it's that space before, even if you've gotten down the road of writing a mm -hmm. story, you can say, wait, how do I really know that that's true? And then ultimately, you know, I keep going back to the friend thing because it's just so fresh in my mind, but like... I got to the place where I'm like, I don't know this is true. I could ask them. I could reach out and say, hey, you know, like you said, be a scientist in your life. Be a scientist. Get the data. You don't have all the facts. A scientist would never just make up a fact. Like, I don't really know, so I'm going to put it that this is true. They keep digging until they get to the truth. And I think if you can stop yourself from writing the stories without having all the facts, then once you have the facts... You might have a new feeling that you have to deal with. It could be for better or for worse. But I just think that we always talk about being scientists of our life. And, you know, we can feel the feeling and then start to ask ourselves the questions about surrounding the situation until we get to what's true. 
or until the situation then dis- dissipates. You know, being on the road and being angry with someone for cutting you off, it might dissipate after, you know, 10 minutes. But bigger things with, you know, people in our close inner circle or, you know, situations that are ongoing, you might have to keep digging and investigating until you get to the to the truth rather than letting your mind be so freaking creative about it that you've written a whole story that is not based in any reality. I think that's just what gets me so much, you know, especially just thinking about the situation within my, my own life that just happened where it was like, it was not real. I was living outside of reality because I let my mind just go. And I convinced myself so deeply that it was true. And I spent so much of that time and effort and energy believing it and feeling sad and, and all of the emotions. And it just was not based in reality. And I think it's interesting too, to think about these stories, how they influence our, our worldview. And, you know, like I said, it, it made me feel sad. So I was sad for that moment in time. And I felt, you know, a certain way about it. And so I was living my life from that emotion of feeling sad. But, you know, when you even talk about the small issues of writing a story and someone cutting you in line at the grocery store and you saying, oh, that person must be not care about anybody else. And then you leave the grocery store. Nobody cares about anybody anymore. And then you, you keep letting that feed and feed and feed. And then next thing you know, you're, you're angry at the world, you know, it's just so fascinating to me how, when we let these stories run rampant without based on any fact at all, we, we create a full picture, not based in reality, but then we let that full picture influence everything. our reality yeah, everything, and how we interact. It's just, it's just mind blowing to yeah. me. Um, and the good news is we have the freedom to change the story at any time. And I think it that's is. what I like and about so what I you just said. You can start to say, is this true? Yeah. Is this true? But then also in those smaller moments where, you know, you're not going to know if the person who cut you in line at the grocery store, you can just say, wow, isn't that nice? Or it is what it is. Like, and just figure out something that you can say to yourself that's neutral in tone that just cuts it, you know, mm-hmm. instead of feeding it. Because like we've talked about too in the past of the neural pathways in the brain and the deepening the grooves, you know, the more I write those stories of, Oh, that person, blah, 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 or this, 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 this. I'm deepening my instincts and my habitual nature to deepen those grooves rather than to just say, wow, isn't that nice? Or it is what it is. Or, okay, that just happened. You know, it's just neutral things to say to get you out of that deep trench. And I also think, I love this idea, take, take the grocery store line. Take that 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 someone cut you off in the grocery store. So, I, because what I'm, what I believe so strongly is that um, we can't really resolve. It's never the person. It's usually never the person in that incident, because we're writing a story. We're get, we're not getting to what the issue is. So, what I see when someone cuts me off, usually the issue is I'm feeling impatient, or I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to be late for my meeting. I have some kind of conflict that's arisen inside of me. So I'm having some kind of anxious feelings or angry feelings or whatever it is. So instead of writing a story about how inconsiderate that person is and taking all my energy and time, if someone cuts me off, if I could not write the story about whatever it is about them and and actually take 
take action on. Well, and take oh responsibility gosh. for how you're feeling. Yeah. And then take action though. Okay. Wow. I just, she just cut me off. It looks like I'm, I am going to be running late. Let me call my boss and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be running five minutes late because taking the right action in the moment that's actually going to focusing here, focusing on the issue. What is the issue at hand? Mm-hmm. Focusing on the issue at hand and taking the right action to resolve the conflict that I'm feeling inside of me to cause me to feel so anxious, anxious is going to dissipate 90% of it. So instead of doing that and stuff, focus on the person and allow myself. Because well, you're being a victim of the world around you. And I'm not resolving it. Okay. I'm not resolving anything. So I'm just perpetuating the negativity in the mood, which is what you were talking about. And well, so I often think about the story we told and the not taking things personally episode of, of you mm-hmm. um, being on the flip side of this when your mom was dying mm-hmm. and you had to, run to the grocery store really quickly um, to get something and you got went in, came out, kind of pushed the cart up into the median, but it didn't really stick and, and you didn't feel like you had time to take the cart all the way back up and you were just in such a rush and in such a headspace of I got to get back home to your mom who is literally dying. Um, and, and the person that, you know, yelled at you and called you selfish and what's wrong with you for not taking the cart up. I mean, it's, it's literally that. Mm-hmm. Of course, we talked about not taking that personally, but that person writing the story about you who had no idea. And the thing is, we just never have any idea. Well, and I think what happened to me in that moment, too, if I my my emotions were so raw, he's yelling at me and I started crying hysterically in the car. I didn't respond to him at all. I just started driving home, but I was hysterical all the way home. If he only knew what I was going through, he wouldn't have said that to me. I mean, it was just amazing when I think back on it. And when I did, I thought, wow, so much energy and, and time. He wrote that story about you. And so much energy. I spent so much time writing a story. If he only knew, blah, 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 this wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't be so upset right now. Well, of course I would be upset right now. My mom is dying. So it just, it, I hope that we're painting the picture and we can show you in your own lives. I hope you're able to relate to this, that it draining our energy. I got home. I was, my mom looked at me and said, are you all right? And she could barely talk, but she could see like I was in a state and I think she was concerned that I was crying and crying and crying for her. (laughs) Um, So it's, it's really important. So I, I love what you're saying, Michelle, how can we try to, um, notice in the moment. And so one of the things, yes, is this true is one way that I do it. But I also, I've started to ask myself, um, is this story that I'm writing right now, is it empowering me and inspiring me? Um, because that's, I, I know that it affects my mood greatly. So I'm starting to say in the moment, wow, is this making me happy? Is this making me inspired to go to work today? Is this making me uh, empowering me to go tackle that next um, difficult conversation that I'm going to need to have. So we want to we want to step in. I think we talked about this in one of the episodes, stepping in 100 percent and being our best. So starting to really get um, intimate with how we relate to the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and about other people and about life. All of that matters. And I think what we tell the stories that we tell about ourselves matters most. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. think about, you know, how you talk to yourself and that's a whole nother episode, I believe, (laughs) you know, the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that we write about ourselves, but you know, they just help us clarify why we're here and what we're doing and what matters most. And 
you know, what are our goals and how do we want to show up in the world? They just help us bring us back to the present moment and bring us back to why we're here and what it is that we're trying to do. And they help us refocus. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it is, it is really interesting. And I, when you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, when they always encourage people to say, you know, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? I think about that with these mm-hmm. things. Is this true? Is it helpful to me? Is it going to, you know, provide some sort of insight to me? Is, is it necessary that I write this story? You know, I just start to have those conversations with yourself before assuming and jumping into, you know, the worst possible scenario. Yeah. The more you can kind of build up that barrier, in my opinion, the less likely and less often you'll get to where I was recently. Just You're the like gatekeeper. in a hole. The gate. Yeah, be the gatekeeper. Be the gatekeeper. Be the gatekeeper. You so just, gatekeep your own stories yep. and just, I don't need to do this. If you could think of a gate at every single thought, I mean, I mean this that is... That would be yeah, a lot, but, but yeah. But just are the gatekeeper of your mind and it's never too late to shift, to shift the story. You can go down, you can go down a quarter of the way, down the way or down the rabbit hole and you could, you could all of a sudden say, wait a minute, what's happening here? Uh, let, let me redirect all of this because I don't even know if any of it's true and this is not making me feel uh, positive or mm-hmm. um, uplifted or inspired uh, to, to go about my day to start living my day so yeah Good. be the gatekeeper be the gatekeeper be the gatekeeper of your mind be the gatekeeper of your thoughts and you are the one responsible for the quality control quality control on the conveyor belt yeah I love that. And I hope that if this is something that any of you listening experience, you can start to try and put into practice or put into place here and there to to help you because it, like we said at the start of this podcast episode, it's, it's such a drain of energy. And I think when we, you know, overall intention and theme of this podcast is to, you know, help you to feel happy and live your best happiest life we spend so much time doing this and we all have a, a purpose and a role in this world and writing these stories just really takes away from you know the magic and the beauty of our lives it's just not necessary I know sad emotions are part of life I know that difficulty is part of life but it's you know adding on this unnecessary stress stress and turmoil anxiety and anxiety because of the stories that we write and it's just not necessary so if you're someone who experiences this often I hope that this is helpful because you can start to stop it and cut it off and you know even if you can't cut it off can you start to just write a happier story you know um and I think that rewiring and refocusing and pivoting is is huge. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love so, that. I hope that's helpful. And I know you always give us the key takeaways. I think I want to just share one quote from a person that I just love so much. She's very inspiring and I follow her and I went on retreat with her. And so I just think she's amazing. Cheryl Strayed. Mm-hmm. We love Charles Strayed. The author of Wild. 
and tiny beautiful things. I think she's extraordinary. And so she, she writes this. Fear, to the great extent, is born of a story we tell ourselves. And so I choose to tell myself a different story from the one women are told. I decided I was safe. I was strong. I was brave. And nothing could vanquish me. And so I, I hope this can empower you to, and inspire you to be the boss of your own life and be the, be the warrior that, that can go out and, and live, live your life in alignment and true to yourself um, and not get caught up in what maybe you've been told or maybe you think that you have to do or, as you said, Michelle, earlier, believing those untrue stories and really just um, stay in alignment and be the gatekeeper of those negative thoughts or those stories that are taking you down a path that are not true um, and that are causing you to feel maybe unsafe or feel uh, less brave. Um, and so that we could actually thrive in the lives that we're living and not just survive. Yep. Love it. So, yeah, the process, make sure you're feeling the feelings, noticing what's coming up for you, asking yourself the important questions, is this true? Being the scientist, digging a little deeper, Finding little things that you can tell yourself to cut it off, like, oh, that's interesting, or, you know, whatever. Um, it is what it is. And just really making a conscientious effort to gatekeep the story that you're about to tell. Is it true? Is it necessary? <clears throat> Sorry, is it helpful to me? And just doing that as a practice and noticing how you feel and noticing if it does cut off some stories that you were going to go down into a rabbit hole about and just keeping track of that. Because I think the biggest thing too, like we talk about so many of these practices is when we actually do them and start to notice shifts or notice positive changes or feeling better, we have to acknowledge that too, because it's our minds are always going to grasp towards the negative, towards things aren't working, but we have to also take some time to acknowledge the good. So if these things start to help you, you know, celebrate that. And we celebrate that in you. Beautiful, Michelle. We love you so much. We love you all so much. And we're, we're so grateful for all of you. And if writing stories are how we create our world, I mean, this is what we love so much. We love helping you create a more loving, kind, caring, peaceful world, you know, with that, that's not feeling so anxious. And so I think this is how we can actually change. Flip the uh, script. Yeah, how we can actually change. We, we actually can change how we show up in the world. So we want to show it up in the world along with always starts with us. With yep. and, and we, we can you. start to rewire what's influencing our worldview. So Beautiful. hopefully this is helpful. Please let us know. Thoughts, opinions, experiences with writing stories. Does that is that something that is up for you? And how do you you know, tackle it in your life. You can keep in touch with us um, via social media. So if you haven't already, make sure to follow us at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod. Let us know how it's going for you and also any other topics you'd like to hear us chat about. You know, we have our life experiences, but we always want to hear from you as well. And also make sure that you, if you haven't already, are 
liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, any of those places. And if you haven't already too, please make sure to give us a five-star review and a nice, lovely rating. Um, We love that so much and we're so grateful for it. And it makes us really happy when you do that. So we would appreciate that. And we hope you all have a wonderful week and we will talk to you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.